0: welcome to episode 254 of the rugby league republic podcast with your hosts tish and dr t in this episode we review the group games in the 2021 rugby league world cup we preview the quarterfinals and much much more join us as we build a rugby league community for all the rugby league republic podcast starts right now Uh, Welcome to episode 254 of the Rugby League Republic Podcast, everybody, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, we are done and dusted with the group stage of the Men's Rugby League World Cup. Are you pumped up for the quarterfinals?
1: I am yeah look I'm I am absolutely truly pumped up. It's been a great World Cup, you know Dr. T, like I think we've had some upsets, um some really close nail-biters, um and we can't go past you know at the G India and Pakistan record score and you know it came down to the last ball and it's been uh probably I would say the best World Cup ever. <laughs> which is a lot uh, different to what we could talk about with the Rugby League World Cup. But, you know, there has been some standouts. I mean, uh, you know, we've got to bring up Reese Martin, right? Oh, you know, yeah, Reece,
0: absolutely. Rhys yep. Martin
1: did not miss a goal during, well, the last time, well, he's he's now missed a goal, obviously, because he, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he... Eventually he did. Eventually he did. But, uh, you know, his, his goal scoring record, like, uh, or conversion record had, uh, you know, it, it had been going on uh, like for three british prime ministers oh, is it, maybe is four. The metric <laughs> yeah so yeah so he he did uh fantastically well but i think it was like what uh 51 uh or i think it was 51 goals in a row so look you know a world cup looked there yeah so there's been like i know uh, it hasn't really ha- set the world on fire a lot of people have it's got some negative publicity but i think there's been some really uh highlights as well like you know let's uh' Let's take the positive people, you know what I mean? Like if, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, put it this way, I did see Black Adam and I thought that Rugby League World Cup had more entertainment than Black Adam, so yeah.
0: Oh, no, that's saying something. <laughs> well, The yeah. Rock will be knocking on your door saying, what's cooking? And then, uh, yeah, watch mm. out. Look, but we, we will talk about that. You raise a point uh, that people, you know, have been talking about this World Cup being a bit of a farce so far. Because of the blowout scores, etc., so I thought we would talk a little bit about that later in the show mm. because I think it's worth raising. Uh, it's good to sort of now that the group stage is done and dusted. Done and dusted. We will, you know, take a look back, check in, see how things are going, uh, and and I think this is a good time to do it. I've, I've got to sort of preface this uh, before we start. Insane. Normally, we were expecting to do a. a a show last week but uh we decided instead to wait until the group stages were over uh makes more sense now now that we know what's happening with the quarterfinals uh so uh, that's why you didn't get one for those of you rugby league republic junkies out there uh that's why we didn't put one out last week but it certainly has given us a lot more to talk about because <laughs> there's been a uh, another round of games another week of games and uh and now we're, we're much clearer, I think, in uh, seeing the road ahead of us than we were about a week ago. Uh, so without any further ado, let's jump into the six tackles. And here we go with tackle number one. All right, so... We will review uh, – the tackle number one is our look at the latest R- Rugby League World Cup results uh, in, the, in the men's tournament, which we're focusing on. Uh, let's go through uh, – well, we've already done kind of a week one summary uh, in our previous episode. Let's look at week two results, and then we'll end up with week three, and then we'll jump into our next tackle, which is the quarterfinal previews. Um, so week two started with uh, – uh, Australia eighty four nil over Scotland, Fiji sixty to four over Italy. Now this was a key one because this was one where we really wanted to see uh, Italy testing. Uh, you know how how close was it to getting the number that covered a number two spot in that group with uh, Fiji and it turned out not, not so close (laughs) 60 to four Fiji flogged them. Um, England 42 versus France 18, which is not so bad. I mean, it was a flogging, but uh, France kind of, when you consider how much they've been building uh, in terms of their uh, UK super league involvement, um, you know, it's good enough. They're not quite in top tier, I think so. Uh, I think that was kind of clear to see. New Zealand sixty-eight to six over debutants Jamaica, uh, who have uh, I believe was that their first try that they scored in the tournament. Yes, uh, first try ever against New Zealand. So a big momentous occasion there. Uh, the cool runnings. This is worth uh, worthy of a movie. The first ever try I think uh, in in the World Cup. Uh, Lebanon thirty-two to fourteen. Over Ireland. Ireland actually look, uh, you know, close to knocking on that kind of second tier, I think, of nations. Uh, still a way to go, but I think they performed quite well considering. But Lebanon, uh, too classy, too strong there. Samoa, 72 to 4. So remembering in week one, they got flogged by uh, England unexpectedly. Uh, they turned it around 72 to 4 against debutants Greece. Who are probably at a similar kind of low level at this stage uh, as Jamaica. Then we saw Tonga 32 to six over Wales, again a clear result, but uh, probably not as much as as some would have expected. And finally, Papua New Guinea 32 over Cook Islands 16. So the cookies were uh, you know knocking on the door there as well, but I think PNG. Quite rightly, have uh, you know cemented their place in uh, in that kind of uh, you know again second tier, just below the top tier. I think I think that's where they they've been operating for a while. Um, and that suddenly came across. Um, week three is uh, was so this is the final one, and this is where we got to finally see how the 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 draw panned out for each of the groups. New Zealand, 48 versus Ireland, 10. So, again, the number one ranked nation against a pretty good uh, Ireland team uh, with Luke Kiwi there at the helm. Uh, but New Zealand, way too classy, way too good. England, 94 to 4 against Greece. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable flogging in there. Fiji, 30-14 to 14 over Scotland. So, Fiji, after flogging Italy week the week before, um, struggled a little bit against Scotland. Scotland gave a bit of a showing, but in, at the end of the day, I think the score flattered the Scottish uh, Australia, 66-6 against Italy. Uh, to be expected, we're talking about, you know, the reigning World Cup champions, uh, not the number one ranked nation at the moment, but certainly um, a team that's hungry for success and Italy just uh, out completely outclassed as to be expected Lebanon 74 to Jamaica 12 um, so again Jamaica scoring some tries there which is good Lebanon really showing uh, some strengths there and I think they uh, they've been the surprise packet in the group stages not in terms of the fact that they've been winning but how they've been winning I think they've that's, they've really performed very well. Um, now we talked about the Cook Islands being knocking on the door, close enough to PMG. Tonga put ninety-two points on them, ninety-two to ten, Tonga versus Cook Islands uh, on uh, yeah, it was on Halloween night, <laughs> which is unbelievable, you know very spooky for the cookies. Um, but Tonga really starting to rev up for the quarterfinals, so dangerous signs there. Samoa also revving up 62-4 to four against France. This is a France that, uh, you know, did not so badly against uh, England the, the previous week. Um, but Samoa really turning it around after that first round disappointment. And finally, um, this is one where we differed in our tips, which we'll talk about later. PNG versus Wales. Wales, uh, you know, used to be probably one of the best of the second uh, you know, behind England of the of the home nations there in the UK. Uh, I don't think they have shown that this time. I think they kind of firmly last in terms of the four nations there. But PNG, 36 to nil. And the Wales team couldn't even put on a point against PNG, which is really disappointing. But also for the PNG, really good that it showed their ability to sort of hold that strong defence. Uh, and and not just sort of play uh, razzle-dazzle football without, without good solid defence. So all that uh, basically means that uh, we've got our quarterfinalists sorted out. We have Australia, Lebanon, England, PNG, New Zealand, Fiji and Tonga Samoa. We're going to talk about the quarterfinals in a minute. But Tish, our last chance to look back at the end of tackle number one here. What have been, you know, maybe one or two highlights, teams that have been pressed, uh, stories uh, to tell from the group stages? uh, You know, one or two highlights. What what do you think?
1: Yeah, well, look, I think think, uh, Mr. Checker, Michael Checker, right? I think he's (laughs) one of the talking points. Obviously, you know, Lebanon, not really... uh, Look, I don't know what their world ranking was prior to the World Cup, but getting into the quarterfinals... Um, you know, I think was a bit of a surprise about how well they're doing, but it just shows, you know, having the quality of of halves in there. Now I know they have Jamaica in their competition, but they also have Ireland, right, with Luke Carey. And I think a lot of people might have thought that perhaps, you know, the Irish with their Super League contingent, as well as Luke Carey, might have done well. But I think Lebanon has has shown, um, you know, he, you know, with with passion and a, a bit of NRL class in the halves what what a team can do you know and um you know the uh, you know the the other team that sort of did a bit of impression like you know was the cook islands but unfortunately they sort of fell away in the last game um you know but 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 I thought that they had a had a pretty good um you know I thought they had a pretty good opportunity to get there obviously wales was very disappointing in that in that comp Um, but yeah, look, I've got to say that the eight teams that have, I think what I, this group stage has shown is that, um, a, obviously you, you still have, um, you know, you still have the top three and you could probably put Tonga in as a, as sort of a top four. And I think that they're kind of there, but I think you've seen the second tier, uh, also, um, pull away from the third tier, um, well, I don't know how close they've got to the second to the first tier, if, if I might say. It. So I'd say that the the difference between the first and the second tier is probably still the same. But what has happened is that you've seen Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Samoa, and uh, yeah, uh, and and Lebanon. I'll p- put them in that. You've seen them improve against some of the other nations, uh, and I think and I think we have a I think we have a solid top eight. Of of teams that are now going to play in the quarterfinals, I think that's that's for me the 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 big story or the story behind the story in the group stages. What about yourself, Doctor T?
0: Yeah, look, before I jump into that, I you, the issue of world ranking is actually interesting. So let me let me tell you what the top ten is, uh, and maybe a little bit further, just to give you a bit of sense of how you know this this the quarterfinalists haven't necessarily aligned exactly with our top eight ranks so maybe it's something to do with the ranking system but uh, definitely as you said i I agree with your summation that there's been a bit of shifting of the world order but at the lower levels i think or at the the levels of you know just below the top tier Uh, so obviously number one ranked team is uh new zealand at the moment uh australia is second Number three is England. So the, this is what we've traditionally called the top three. You know, we've had the tri-nations that involved those teams, etc. Uh, and then quite clearly after that, we've got Tonga at number four, who obviously with their victory over Australia, unexpected victory in 2019, has been challenging and potentially is going to challenge for the World Cup, as I'm going to suggest later, uh, or I have suggested already, and I've tipped them. Um, but number five uh, is Fiji. Again, that's because they have been, you know, in the last two World Cups, they have, uh, or three actually World Cup, the last three World Cups that have been played, they yeah. have been semi-finalists. So, you know, they, they are there or thereabouts uh, just below that top tier at either four or five. So that makes sense that they're currently ranked five. Six is obviously Papua New Guinea. Now, they've never progressed beyond quarterfinals. So that's that's an issue that we're going to talk about later. Uh, they are currently uh, ranked number six. Um, seven, we have Samoa. Uh, and and I think, uh, you know, Samoa has also never progressed beyond quarterfinals. So it remains to be seen if they will this time around, given who they've lined up against. Uh, number eight, we've got France. Uh, France hasn't at all, uh, beyond their runners-up in 1968, they have never progressed uh, even towards group stage, past the group stage. So um, that is really unusual. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for some reason they're ranked number eight. Then you've got Scotland at number nine. Then you've got Lebanon at number 10. Now, Lebanon made the quarterfinals last time, and I think the fact that they're only ranked number 10 has a lot to do with potentially the fact that they haven't had much exposure and and many games, uh, and that's been an issue um, and then 11, 12, 13 is Greece, Ireland, and Italy. So, um, you know, obviously we've seen Ireland perform better than Scotland in this World Cup. We've seen Italy perform better than Greece, despite the rankings being slightly different. Um, and Lebanon have been, you know, they're, if they're ranked number ten, they shouldn't be uh, number eight. But France is number eight at the moment, so I think I think it's fair to say this: the test is now on for Lebanon to see whether they can make. That next step to the level just above where they're at at the moment. So um, yeah, but my back. Your your question was what highlights. I think uh, you know Lebanon seeing Lebanon put together some amazing scores. Seeing mm. Tonga put together ninety two against Cook Islands. I mean Cook Islands is uh, they're no slouches when it comes to you know even the uh, the. South Pacific kind of test matches that we see being played against other nations. Uh, But for them to put on 92 in the the game before uh, the quarterfinals, I think Tonga is looking pretty scary. Um, Samoa equally are starting to get it together. Uh, We're going to talk about, obviously it's going to be an epic heavyweight matchup in the quarterfinals, Tonga v Samoa. Um, But, you know, most of the other teams, I think Fiji impressed, a little bit obviously Australia and England and New Zealand did what they needed to do and and then some in some cases um, you know uh, so yeah very very good I think overall Australia would have uh, would have got the most kind of points I think if I'm not mistaken so um, but yeah in terms of uh, for and against but um Oh, let me just have a look. Actually, while I while I'm here, since we're talking about looking back, let me just have a quick look. Um, so the best attacking team. Well, let me ask you, which team do you think was the best without looking at the score at the mm. at the scores uh, which I just went through? So you know, close your eyes. Who do you think was the best attacking team numbers wise in the tournament?
1: I think numbers wise for attack, I would say. Based on the 60-6 scoreline, I'd say England, actually. <laughs> don't know if that's correct. That uh, is correct.
0: Uh, they had a points for was 196 points wow. against, uh, and, and, and for Australia, it was 192. So it was very close. But yes, yeah. uh, England just edged out Australia in terms of points. Considering they had Samoa, France, and Greece, uh, whereas Australia had Fiji, Italy, and Scotland. I think it's fair to say that, especially with Samoa in that team, I think the uh, England were probably the, the most impressive yeah. um, of of the, of the teams. And I have to say, just while I'm here, uh, Dom Young, you've heard the name Dom Young. No, it's mm. not a it's not a wonton soup factory. It is uh, mm. Dom Young is a star winger for England. If you haven't heard of him, yeah. he scored four tries against uh, Greece. He has scored, uh, how, how many other tries did he score? He scored mm. two tries against France uh, and two tries against Samoa. So I'm not keeping track with top try scorers in the competition. I, I really wish they would make more of an effort to kind of bring those stats to bear when you when you look up the World Cup. Um, but I, I'm, I think it's fair to say that Dom Young is probably the top try scorer so far with eight tries. If I'm not mistaken, uh, could be wrong, but there you go. Um, mm. But yeah, so, uh, so that, you know, in terms of my... Uh, oh, the other thing is, who do you think was the best defensive outfit? Okay.
1: Well, I'll rule out Scotland and Greece at the moment.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say Australia. I think you would be... Let me just have a final... Yes, you would be correct. They only had 14 points conceded, whereas uh, the next best were actually England and New Zealand, tied I think with 28. And not too too far behind is Tonga with 34. And so, and when you consider that, you know, well, well, I guess when you consider that they had PNG, Cook Islands, and Wales, I think that's not as impressive for Tonga, but I think uh, definitely Australia. Uh, impressive, impressive, impressive. So I think England and Australia have shown clearly that they're the top two uh, nations out there. New Zealand, it's hard to say. They haven't really been tested. Uh, they, they they did top their table. Uh, they had Lebanon, Ireland and Jamaica. It's fair to say that the key game for them was uh, the Lebanon game and they won that 34-12. So it wasn't a total demolition like some of the other games, but... It is what it is. So there you go. Um, final words, Tish, before we move on.
1: Well, look, um, I think, uh, yeah, look, I think uh, um, if, oh, look, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go into the criticism a bit later. So so no final words until we... Until oh, we okay, we'll, we'll, reserve, we'll, take, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll reserve. take that on notice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah, see <laughs> you. All right. Let's go to tackle number two, our quarterfinals previews. All right. The first quarter final uh, is Australia versus Lebanon, which will be really interesting because we will have potentially the matchup of the grand, the NRL grand final halfbacks, Mitch Moses versus Nathan Cleary, potentially yet again. Uh, you know, I I think there's a a few question marks from the. Uh, uh, even though the, the teams haven't been announced yet, I think it's pretty clear that, um, you know, the, the, the key issues that we're going to see in the selection is uh, which halfback is Mal Meninga going to choose? Is he going to go Daly Cherry Evans? Is he going to go Nathan Cleary? Um, is Munster going to stay at 58 or is, is he going to sort of do something fancy, maybe bring in both D- DCE and Cleary? In the halves, who knows? Um, that's that's kind of one, one question mark. Um, and, and I guess the other thing is, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess that's the main question: who are the who's the halves going to be? Because I think I think it's pretty clear that the rest of the team is kind of fairly settled. You may have some uh, opinions about about the backline, etc. Josh Adokar has been performing very well and, and will be a star here. Um, Lebanon, I think it's all about Adam Dewey and Mitch Moses. Josh Mansell has been sort of quietly achieving there as well at the end of the back line. Um, But it's really been a Mitch Moses and Adam Dewey show. Uh, And bookings-wise, in terms of the betting, (laughs) um, Australia is at $1 to win and Lebanon, $81. So I think it's fair to say that they are overwhelming favourites, Australia. Mm. Against a Lebanon team that is made up of some NRL players, admittedly good NRL players, but also a bunch of part-timers and semi-professional players. Um, having said that, they earned their place in the quarterfinal. They came second in their group uh, with uh, with New Zealand. I think uh, did I say that New Zealand with as the other team? Um, they had a four, you know, a points differential of plus fifty-eight. So you know, it wasn't like they just scraped in. They they won two games that were required to win. Ireland and Jamaica um, deservedly in the quarterfinals. But Tish, I think it's fair to say that we're looking to Australia to uh, really dominate. But I'm actually looking forward. You know, we're talking a 34-12 win for New Zealand over Lebanon. Uh, it wasn't really uh, in uh, you know in uh, doubt. I guess uh, there was doubt until, you know, maybe a little bit into the second half. Uh, So I think that's uh, kind of telling a little bit that, you know, Lebanon is going to put up a bit of a fight. But Tish, what do you think? Australia, Lebanon, is it going to be a total demolition or are Lebanon going to put up a fight?
1: Yeah. Well, look, I think there's no question that Lebanon will actually bring on a fight. I definitely think that they will bring their passion because they've brought their passion throughout the whole... Uh, tournament, and the reality is this is uh, this is something that they would be hanging out for, really. Make it to the quarterfinals, be competitive, and, and I think the passion's going to be there. I don't know... Uh, look, I can't go all the way back to, to Australian rugby and rugby league history to find out, has there ever been a Wallabies coach who has prepared a team against the Australian Kangaroos, right? Um... But that's what Michael Checker is, right? <laughs> so, like, that's the uniqueness of this situation. I think he's he's also got a uh, he's got an Ar- Argentina playing England uh, this weekend as well, <laughs> right? So he's he's double booked as coach. So that would be interesting. So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 how that's going to go? But look, coming back to Lebanon, look, I think they've had, you know, they've averaged around about twenty points a game uh, scored against them, right? So it, it does show that, and now reality is that's like you know three tries and a penalty goal or you know four or four or yeah four or five tries right so they have been spirited enough in um you know in in defense and one of those games has been against new zealand where it was 34 12 right so you know it's a 22 point Deficit there, Um, so I definitely think that they will bring their defence. I think it's one of these things where, you know, you know they'll take pride in holding Australia to below say forty, but I think they're going to go in there trying to make sure that Australia don't score as many tries as possible and just and just like you know just don't give up in attack. And then that, you know, the interesting thing is, um, you know, it's a bit like uh, when you have a guy with like Mitch Moses who's got a really good kicking game. Most of the time, I know uh, there was a bit of criticism in his kicking game in the grand final, but, you know, the reality is he does have a really uh, good kicking game, right? And Adam Dewey has also got a great kicking game too in terms of, like, some of the, the bombs he could put up and stuff like this. So, yeah, it's going to be real... Uh, I think it's going to be real tight, right? Like, I think... Look, I think there's going to be a few different... It, you know, there, there's a game plan that Lebanon can have, which is obviously, you know, really, you know... Uh, focus on their defence, try to hold out Australia as much as they can and then, uh, you know, in their attack, just get to their kick, um, try and get some repeat sets, try to keep the ball away from Australia sort of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Which I think is it. And with Australia, they really haven't had a test at the moment, right? I mean, they did have some competitive moments where Fiji... Which you know don't really have the quality in halves as what the Lebanon team has, but you know Fiji were able to 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 cross over, um, you know twice, and um, they actually had uh, they actually bombed a try as well. So you know so so uh, yeah. So Australia haven't been tested, which I think is always uh, something you want to have, and I don't think Australia's settled right. Not like this whole you know saga between you know should I pick. You know, the DCE or or Nathan Cleary, I think there's a bit of disruption with the team. And, um, you know, I heard one person say this and I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, you know, you see these players sort of, you know, battling against each other in State of Origin. You see them sort of, um, you know, uh, week in, week out be enemies, you know, in the NRL. And here they are working together. But, yes, they do score some great tries. But, you know, when it comes to like a tight moment, have Australia got enough... Uh, team spirit within them to to come out on top. So I think, yeah. So look, obviously, I think Australia are the favourites. Obviously, I'll go for Australia. But I think Lebanon have enough guile in their team to to at least test Australia for a little bit. And, and, and I think, you know, I'll take... I think I won't take a bet with Lebanon winning, but I'll take a bet that they could keep the score to below 20, maybe even to below 10. I'm prepared to go that far.
0: Wow, I don't I don't know about that, but <laughs> I think uh, I think they will put up a fight. And let me just sort of, as we finish up this discussion on this game, uh, there's a, an interesting uh, there's a form guide if you look at NRL.com, that tells you what their last six games were and whether they won or lost. And those games go into the last World Cup. And if you look at uh, the last time they met, I think was a group match. They must have been in the same group in 2017. Australia won that one 34-0, um, and after that game, uh, Lebanon lost 24-22 to Tonga. So Tonga made the semi-finals, uh, and basically it was Lebanon v Tonga in the quarterfinals, and they were pretty close. They were two points away from making the semi-finals last time, um, and and yes, obviously we're talking about. You know that that fourth semi finalist is is probably going to be a step below, depending on who it is, a step below the top three. But you never know; anything can happen. And last year, uh, last time around, obviously New Zealand also uh, didn't perform very well, so they were kind of the, um, yeah, they they suffered a little bit last time. But uh, and then when you look at uh, you know Australia's form last time, you know. Well, as I said, the, the last time these two teams met, 34-0 Australia. But I think given that Lebanon in a knockout situation last time around almost won against Tonga, I reckon they'll put up a bit of a fight given also how Tonga came close to defeating England and England came close to defeating Australia in the World Cup. So, you know, on their day, I think a lot of these teams can put up a bit of a fight. I think this one's going to be Australia's in Australia's favour, but... Uh, I look forward to seeing how much has Lebanon actually improved. Uh, you know, now they've got Mitch Moses, Dewey playing well, so who knows. All right, ta- um, the next quarterfinal is England versus PNG. and um, Head-to-head, they have played twice. Uh, the last time they played, England won 36-6 against Papua New Guinea, and the time before that, it was 32-22 England won in 2008. So you know, they they, uh, look two wins. If you look at the form guide as well, PNG. um, You know, the like I said, the thirty-six to six was the last. uh, If I'm not mistaken, (laughs) that must have been uh, the last quarterfinal. uh, The quarter, a quarterfinal from 2017. That's what that game was. Um, I'm, I'm sensing a pattern here. (laughs) with Australia, Lebanon, England, PNG, the same exact quarterfinal matchup as four years ago. That bothers me a little bit, but we'll talk about that later in terms of the way the team, the the organization of the world cup is structured. Uh, But England, PNG, we saw a very impressive England this time around uh, in, in the group stages. Uh, PNG as well were quite impressive against Wales and Cook Islands. Uh, You know, only six points behind Tonga in game one of the group stage this time around. PNG has improved a lot. I'm thinking that that this will be a lot tighter than 36 to six. Tish, what do you think? Yeah, look, I think that this is going to
1: be tight because I go back, you know, we talked about the fence, right? So I think... When we when we look at PNG defense, firstly they're notorious for the big hits, right? Mm. Like that's that that's what we know PNG rugby league for, right? Um, so I think that's that's the one thing. But um, you know, I'll, okay, look, their their group is is probably you know I think some people would say it's probably probably the weakest group, right? Um, but they've only got a, an against of forty. So if you put that over three games. You're looking at what, um, you know, 40 into 3, uh, 36, what are, what are you, 12, 13, about 13 points, right? A, ga- a game, right? So um, I don't think, yes, yeah. so, so, and I think I think that meant that, that is fair. So I think, and I saw them against uh, Wales. Now, I know Wales is not the best competition in the world, but Wales had opportunities. And the way, um, you know, PNG defended, um, you know, and they they sort of all scrambled, you know. Like you know, it's going to be really uh, like I think England can 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 do well to go uh, ninety meters, right? But I think once you get to the last ten meters, PNG will scramble like crazy, right? That's what I saw, and I think they have the passion to do that. I think they love defense. You know, they're one of these. Uh, you know, they love tackling. Like you know, you could t- you could tell they and they love to put on the big hit, and then you've got. Alex Johnston, you know, world-class winger and, and I think a great fullback as well. Um so even the kicking game from England has to be on song a little bit. Um you know, they're going to be in for a fight. Like I know they they trounced uh Samoa, but you know, I think this game is look, I'm not saying again PNG to upset is 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 huge, but I think within 20 points, I think I think PNG are that good. And I think it goes to show that I think PNG has been a, a bit of a quiet achiever in this World Cup. They have uh, improved since, since you know, in the last five years. And I think also, um, you know, the PNG Hunters, the pathway programs into the NRL, um, you know, what's happened is, is that they may not have as many NRL superstars as some of the other Pacific Island nations, but their second tier of players that play in Queensland Cup um, you know, are really quite good. And I think you've also got Lachlan Lamb, who's obviously now in the Super League quality halfback. I think I think they're a solid team. I think they're a solid team. Yeah, they may not have the firepower p- of England, uh, but, but you know, they're, they're a team that I think can trouble them, you know, for different moments of the game. And if England don't take their opportunities, you know, this scoreline could be close. So England for mine, I think it's going to be around about a 20-point thing again, um, but I think it's going to be a tight one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a lot tighter than last time around. And I think for those reasons that you mentioned, um, p and G, I'm expecting more improvement. And look, at the end of the day, we're talking, uh, you know, a team that only just lost out in the first group game against Tonga by six points. And that first showing, I think, was a real testament to they're here to play and they're here to be serious. And they that's that's what they did um and and i think that if they can match it with tonga like in a knockout stage they could possibly match it a little bit with england the betties the bet the betting agencies that seem to think that uh you know obviously england are heavy favorites but not as much as in the australia game uh, 105 to win and 10 to 1 for png to win so the odds are a little bit tighter and uh you know i don't know if you're a betting person who knows? You might want to put a bit down on PNG. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that, but because I think England were so impressive in that first uh, group stage. So, um, yep, that's England PNG, and the next one is New Zealand Fiji. Uh, and when you look at uh, the stats there, uh, they the the only time they played in a World Cup was last time in the quarterfinals as well, and Fiji defeated New Zealand four points to two, an extremely low scoring and weird game, um, which, then they fo-
1: was tries.
0: Yeah, which then they followed up with a 54 to six drubbing at the hands of Australia. Uh, so that knocked them out and guaranteed, uh, you know, but they made the semis and that's really the key thing there last time around. And that was very exciting. Uh, the question is, can they do it again? Uh, now, New Zealand mentally, they in the group game uh, they lost to Tonga, and then that was followed up by this knockout. Uh, you know, Fiji knocking them out in the quarterfinals. Uh, again, you know that that is probably the lowest of the low in terms of New Zealand's performances of late. So they'd be looking to avenge those performances. Mm. Um, they have certainly been impressive. Enough, uh, like I said, thirty-four to twelve against Lebanon was the real test, and sort of cemented and showed that they, you know, they're here to play. the 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 floggings of Jamaica and Ireland, uh, while impressive, I don't think show enough of a litmus test of how they're actually going. I think that Lebanon game, uh, admittedly, it was in game one, round one here, so that's that's going to be you know take that with a grain of salt, I guess, because. Uh, you know, other teams have been building throughout the tournament as well. So uh, Fiji, uh, on the other hand, you know, lost that first game to Australia, got flogged by Australia, but then returned serve against Italy, flogging them sixty to four, and then having a good solid win against Scotland. Probably should have put more points on. So they have not been as impressive in terms of uh, their ability to score tries and and defend. Uh, the bookies, however, seem to think that. On that basis, New Zealand, one $1.01 uh, on, and Fiji are 21 to $1, $21. So, you know, probably more outsiders than PNG are against England is what the bookies are saying, and uh, I tend to agree with that. What do you think, Tish?
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I think, um, you know, the last time they played, obviously it was a great, great day for Fiji in rugby league um, to be able to beat, like, a heavyweight like New Zealand, right? Like, so... Um and it's their only ever meeting and they beat New Zealand at home, <laughs> right? In Wellington. Yeah. So
0: yeah.
1: So, so it was a ma- massive achievement. But they also had the Hain plane. You know, Jared Hain and Fiji don't I mean, look, they've got some great, you know, they've obviously got Coruscant and Kikau and, you know, some some really good NRL talent, top line talent, Mike Casivo, and so forth. Um, but they don't really have I suppose, you know, obviously Coruscant is in the spine, but they don't really have um somebody in the halves like, like they, like, like a Jared hain, right. You know, so, so I think they're missing a big organiser out of, you know, out, out of the halves. Obviously, Coruscant has a terrific, um you know, organiser out of dummy half, but an organiser around the back line and around, you know, the direction of the team. So, him Wakeham, he's, uh you know, he's sort of a fringe in our real player. So, um you know, he's going to have a big job to try and, try and uh, and sort of steer around the raw talent of Fiji. Uh, up against New Zealand, who obviously New Zealand are a very, I mean, on paper, they're a sensational team. I mean, you've got Jerome Hughes and, um, you, know, uh, you know, Dylan Brown, both players, you know, playing in the NRL final series. Um, and then you've got, you know, uh, Manu, which if he wasn't playing for the Roosters, any other team he would be the the fullback for them and he's probably top five fullbacks in the world at the moment, right? And a bit of bit of a you know a bit of an X factor there in him. And, you know, obviously you've also got um you know the block of cheese or whatever they call him, the uh you know, um with the new Roosters uh dummy half, um, you know, Brandon Smith, right? So so again a, a really good dummy half as well like you know and, and a great forward and you know I think they've got a good rotation off the bench as well with with uh you know where he could sort of slot into the second row uh, sort of as a, as a running um you know uh you know player as well so I think they do have definitely a lot of strike power um and um and I think I think Coming, uh, thinking about their side in previous World Cups, I think, you know, they that, that kind of had a bit of a drain Um, with, you know, as Tonga and Samoa uh, have sort of built up their teams. It has affected New Zealand because a lot of these players would have played for New Zealand. But I think Michael Maguire has done a great job in getting the passion back in the Kiwis team. They have Mm. been building, and I think, I think, I think, yeah. So, so if we take that score line um, from four, you know, yeah, the the four two score line from from twenty seventeen, you could say that Fiji have sort of gone down a couple of steps, and maybe New Zealand have sort of improved by about four or five steps. So, with that said, I think. Again, look, you know, all these games, I think these top three games, um, <laughs> I, I'm looking at that 20-point mark. I really feel like these these three Tier 2 nations are within 20 points of who they're playing. Maybe Lebanon is is actually a bit more of an outsider than Fiji and PNG are to, to their respective opponents. Um, but look, I, I, I think Fiji have the capacity to keep it t- tight, but I just think the class of New Zealand is going to come over the top of them.
0: All right, and finally, the big one, as far as I can see, this is one that could go either way, Tonga v. Samoa, the Battle of the South Pacific, the Polynesian Cup within mm. a cup. Uh, Tonga, um, unfortunately, it's uh, they didn't start out too strongly compared to where they've been uh, in, in recent years. They did defeat uh, – well, so they undefeated in the group stages – had a tight win against PNG, then flogged Wales, and then demolished Cook Islands. So, if any team has shown the ability to, uh, or or the, or the fact that they're building throughout this tournament, it is Tonga. They're getting better and better, um, and and it's 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 getting a bit scary to be honest. If uh, and when you look at Samoa, Samoa took. Uh, the worst possible first step in this tournament, um, getting flogged 60 to six against England. Uh, very, very disappointing. It was a big crowd there, uh, and and unfortunately, it it started them off the back foot. Luckily, they had a, a debutant uh, in the next round. Uh, that's Greece, uh, so they were able to. You know, this must be the biggest turnaround in history. 60 to 6 loss one week, 72 to 4 the next week. Unbelievable. (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't know my maths that well to do it off the top of my head, but Mm. that's a massive, you know, 140 point turnaround almost. Uh, Mm. And then, and then they finished up with a a 62 to 4 flogging of France, which, which was, you know, again, I did sort of say, they sort of competed a little bit against England, uh, but, uh, you know, so they put on more points in the, against France than, uh, than England did. They also uh, have been building quite strongly, and so now I guess the reason why I'm super excited about this Tonga-Samoa match is the fact that, you know, both teams have a lot to be excited about. Um, were it not for my tip of Tonga winning the tournament at the beginning of the year... Wow. Uh, which I'm still sticking with. Mm-hmm. I I would have almost said it would be great for Samoa to actually uh, stamp their mark and make it to the semis for the first time. Uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they've never, they've never done that uh, before. Let me just have a quick look just to double check. Um, yeah. They've never progressed beyond quarterfinals. Uh, the last two World Cups they were quarterfinalists and unfortunately uh, now they have to you know they have to go up against a fellow Polynesian nation in order to make the semi-finals for the first time ever um, I don't know I this is really one that I'm not sure about because I think both teams have the potential to actually go all the way from from what yeah. I've seen but, you know, but the big question mark is Samoa's first up flogging to England showed that they've got, you know, mental issues, I think, performance issues. There's been discussions that we've had about Matt Parrish. Is he is mm. he doing the right thing by, by the Samoans? Is he building them up? It looks like they're building up nicely. But, mm. you know, when tested against England, they capitulated and they were terrible. And so that, to me, says that, uh, you know, Tonga, in comparison, has been consistent, and has been for a few years. Uh, again, they were semi-finalists last time around. I think they will be semi-finalists again. I'm tipping Tonga, but I wouldn't be surprised if Samoa wins this one. And if so, uh, look out whoever is coming up next. I think it will be, uh, yeah. Uh, let me just have a look. I think it's,
1: it's probably- going to be England, is York, that- or PNG. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. So it's either going to be England or PNG. So potentially we could be seeing mm. the same um yep. matchup as as the twenty seventeen. Could we see Tonga seeking revenge? You know, were it not for Andrew Fafita's butterfingers, uh in the last dying moments, we could have seen the Tonga team in the in the final back then. Uh, and obviously since then they, they were building and building and building until they ultimately, uh, you know, rock the, the rugby league world by defeating Australia in 2019. So, um, yeah, for me, I think Tonga, uh, but equally on their day, Samoa can be, uh, you know, you can't go past players like Jerome Luai, I think, Crichton, uh, Brian tall How can you go, how can you write them off? <laughs> you know, they're, they're built for success. They've been... Very successful in the NRL. Are they ready to take that next step? It's all on the line here. Um, Tish, what do you think?
1: Well, um, firstly, I think this is one of the marquee games for the whole entire tournament, right? I think think it's one of those things where if you're looking at a Rugby League World Cup, you're looking, when is Australia going to play New Zealand? When is Australia going to play England? When is England going to play New Zealand? And when is Tonga going to play Samoa? (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> they're kind right. of the big matchups, right? And probably you could even put sort of these days, Tonga playing New Zealand, Samoa playing New Zealand. I think those are also great clashes as well that we want to look at, as well, right? So, but coming back to this particular game, look, I mean, I know it's a they're playing for a spot for semi finals, but I think that goes out the window with when these two nations play each other, right? It's all about you know, we want to beat the other team, right? Because it's just the pride of who is the best Polynesian rugby league team in the world, right? Is it Tonga or is it Samoa? And they play for it. It is as strong as State of Origin in terms of the passion uh, that these two teams play. And I think this is why it's going to be a great clash because they're going to bring their A game, both teams. And, you know, if I look at the teams on paper and I just think about, you know, uh, the Samoan team having you know, what, five or six players that played in the NRL Grand Final plus another eight that played in State of Origin. And you think, wow, they've got so much talent, but they've really, you know, it's within them to get flogged by England 60-6, to six. <laughs> right? So there's a bit of a disconnect sometimes with with their team. And I remember a few years ago, they had a, a pretty similar team to what they had now, and they got flogged by Fiji by 40 points. So, you know, but I feel like against a team like Tonga, they won't do that. Um, but on the flip side, I don't think, I think Tonga, you could say that, you know, they don't really, I mean, they do have uh, good halves, but they're, they're not at the level of, of a Jerome Hughes. Um, Jerome Hughes? No, sorry, of a uh, Jerome uh, Luai, right? So, um, mm, yeah. you know, and then probably their back line, you know, their backline has got some class with Daniel Tupo and, and, uh, you know, Christian Pol- uh, Polo-Letu and, you know, a couple of eight other players, but not really. Now, forgive me, Dr. T, in trying to work this out, but where is, which team is David Faf- David Fafida is for Tonga, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. That's Well, that's a bit of a factor right there, right? Because uh, David Fafida, you know, he's he's got two modes. He's got on the bench, uh, you know, riding a bicycle, or, or on smart. the field scoring a try, <laughs> right? That's a—it's basically his life. You know what I mean? Like so, um, you know, like uh, even if you see him in the shopping center, you know, and if you need to get something uh, that's in the corner, he's going to die for it in the corner. That's that's David Fifita. um <laughs> or or he's just going to ride his bicycle there. That's that's all he does. But he's there, and he's a bit of a factor for Tonga. So Tonga do have some strike. To counter Samoa and, you know, Samoa can't take them a It's going to be great. Like, I can't wait.
0: Absolutely. But, I'm to,
1: but I think Samoa, I, I kind of, I'd say probably more out of heart than head. Look, I think Tonga, I mean, to be honest, I don't want these teams to play each other in the quarterfinals because one of them is going to be eliminated. I would have rather the organisers figure out a way to have, you know, say, Samoa take on, you know, and New Zealand and uh, Tonga to play England or something like that in the quarters. Uh, even Tonga to play Australia, right? Something like that, because that would make two interesting games out of these quarterfinals, and then a really intriguing semi-finals. But they've obviously opted to try and make sure that England make it to the final, right? Oh, so,
0: I don't know if you can say that,
1: but uh, I think look- so. With the way the semi-finals have been arranged, I think that's basically what's happened. So yeah.
0: All right. Look, we're not even halfway through the tackles, but we are. We do have some easy ones coming up. But let's have a bit of a discussion about uh, whether the World Cup is a farce. This is tackle number three. <music> There has been a lot of internet chatter and discussion that I've seen on this World Cup being a farce. A lot of people pointing to the blowout scores. There's a few games that have been, uh, you know, where teams have reached 90s. Other teams have reached 70s. There's an 80s. There's a 60s. There's a lot of floggings that we've seen in the group stages. And a lot of people have pointed to that and said, uh, you know, what a joke this NRL, sorry, this uh, Rugby League World Cup is, you know, joke, joke, joke. Uh, What a farce. Um, I've engaged myself with some of these people on social media saying, you know, how come no one says anything about these kind of floggings in, say, the Rugby Union World Cup? We've seen lots of examples of that in group stages Um, The other thing is I think it's got a lot to do with the game. If any, you know, out of the four codes of football that we engage in in Australia, I think Rugby League is uh, one of those codes where if you're not 100%, you know, on song in a particular day and your opponent is you're going to get flogged and the points are going to look terrible. It's going to look like a massive difference. You know, a lot of this has to do with the way, the way we score, you know, four points for a try, two points for a conversion rugby union's got five points for a try, three, you know, two points. And then you've got three points for penalties and all sorts of funny things that, that mean that, and also the game itself is not necessarily, uh, you know, geared towards scoring tries uh, whereas with rugby league, I think, uh, you know, the, the nature of the game, the fact that it's limited to six tackles and then you've got to hand over, there's a lot more of giving up of possession in rugby league and, and giving your opponents another go. And, uh, you know, there's things like that that really uh, can, can escalate. Uh, and and amplify differences between teams on scoreboards um, the other thing that's been mentioned is that that's the the crowds haven't been as good as what was expected um, you know some people are saying that the the official crowd numbers are inflated compared compared to the reality of what they're seeing on the ground um, people are looking at you know, uh, whether whether a stadium looks half full and knowing what the capacity is inferring what the number the official numbers should be and not seeing that um, you know so there's things like that that we're seeing um, So I guess let's start with that and then let's let's look at uh, you know are there legit reasons that we can look at to improve the game and prove the, co- uh, the, the organization and structure of a World Cup? next time around for 2025, but Tish, you know, very quick answer if you can, do you agree that this World Cup so far has been a farce? Um, look,
1: I would say no, because I think in every World Cup um, of of different sports, right, there's always going to be, um, you know, you've got these teams that are not as good as the top tier nations and you've got you know, that, that are going to, when they play the top tier nations, are going to get smashed, right? And that is reality of the World Cup because, like, and, and I think that even pl- applies to the World Cup uh, in in football, which is obviously the biggest World Cup out there. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, look, uh, I know there's 32 teams at play, um, but, you know, you do have, uh, when the minority nations play and they lose 6-2, that's, that's basically a 60-point drubbing. <laughs> Which we see in the NRL, uh, which we see in the Rugby League World Cup as well, right? So, you know, that's fine. And look, I'm just going to pull another sport out as well. The FIBA World Cup from 2019, that's the men's basketball world cup, right? You have teams like the Ivory Coast who have a points differential of minus 48, South Korea minus 82, you know, minus 22 from Iran, minus 108 from the Philippines, minus 85 from Japan. You know, Montenegro minus forty six at the end of the tournament, minus seventy seven from Jordan, and minus eighty nine from the Senegal. So you could see, like, you know, and you know, there's there's a lot there's a there's a lot of teams here actually. One hundred forty, yeah. You just see so many teams um, with negative scores at the end of the finals, right, of the World Cup of basketball, right? And I'm sure if you go and look at the World Cup of rugby. Look at the World Cup of football and obviously against the scoring system, you've got to remember basketball is only two and three point, you know, you could go up by, right? So, uh, and I suppose one point for for each basket in the penalties, right? So, you know, to have a difference of minus 82 kind of shows you what type of, um, you know, what type of uh, scoreline differentials there were, right? It would have been the mm. top nation. So, you know, I, I, I think rugby league is about right at where it's at and you know unless you have these weaker teams being able to play in world cups with the stronger nations how do you expect them to improve as well i think i think i think the what probably is a farce if if i'd say is is like the 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 3 or 4 years where we don't have uh the world cup and there's no international rugby league being played right I think that's the bigger issue, and that's probably why you have so many because none of these na- a lot of these nations they get to play. There's not enough international rugby league being played, therefore there's not enough uh, combinations. There's not enough team camaraderie, and and I think ultimately leads to to this. Um, and I think also you've got to look at you know if you sort of dissect which teams have improved and which teams have not. I think what you have found is that probably the northern hemisphere nations. Um, have have sort of weakened against the, the Southern Hemisphere nations. Um, that also could be in... Look, I don't know if anybody's even talked about this, right? Those nations were way more affected than COVID in the last two years than what Australia was, where the majority of the Southern Hemisphere nations are as well. So I think before you sort of just go, oh, this is a farce, this is a joke, whatever... I think you've actually got a real realistic look at it. Compare it to every other World Cup, and you'll find that there are there are massive score lines, and you know in in those World Cups. And look about what what has led to these score lines for this World Cup, and what you see is that there's just not enough uh, rugby league test matches in between the World Cups, um, you know, to, to prepare. And I think that's that's the real. Uh, I think that's the real thing that rugby league will, will will get together. And, you know, if you took it, I think if you put those two factors in, you'd probably say that this World Cup has probably been, uh, well, it hasn't been close. I don't, I don't think you could say that, but I think you could say that it, it hasn't been as bad as what some other World Cups are out there. That's what I'd say.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, uh, yeah, it's good that you pointed out also that, There's actually another theory going around which you kind of alluded to, that the Northern Hemisphere teams, if you take England out, um, I don't think any of the Northern Hemisphere teams won a game against their Southern Hemisphere uh, Mm. opponents, which is absolutely fascinating. And, And that's a stat that tells you that there is, you know, behind England in the UK in the europe there is no uh there's no close second at the moment um you know we're talking tonga samoa you're trying to knock in at the door of the the top nations if that were to be the case then we're talking a you know minimum four maybe five teams if you count samoa depending on how they go in in the top tier of nations and when you look at that um that all of them are from the Southern Hemisphere, bar England. That tells you there's something going on. What's happening with France? What's happening with, you know, Scotland and Ireland and Wales, which, you know, had so much potential in the past? But France is a key one. I don't know what on earth is going on with them. I expected more from them. Um, But be that as it may, uh, yeah, the – like you said, the, there's opportunities to look at ways to improve and le- and take some of the criticism online as legitimate criticism, not just as an opportunity for, uh, as we know, what rugby league uh, as a game does is it doesn't really take criticism very well. It picks on the wrong issue. Um, and I'm hoping that that's not the case this time around. I think... Um, uh, there are some legitimate concerns about these score lines and the lack of development amongst some of those um, European nations uh, in particular. Um, and yeah, so uh, look, there's a lot to improve. So I think, uh, in summary, I think we agree to some extent that there are some farcical aspects of what we've seen. But I think when you compare to uh, other sports, as you said, when you compare to look at the context a little bit more deeply. I think it's unfair to say, as some people have said, what a joke, what a farce is this tournament. Um, as I've said to some people as well, wait until you get to the quarterfinals <laughs> before you judge, you know, the knockout stages, because you're always going to have that disparity in group stages. Uh, but the quarterfinals, the knockout stages is where it counts. And uh, I, I'd be interested to see how we go uh, as, as a as a tournament but yeah some really good points there tish do you have any others to round off this discussion yeah well look when it
1: comes to uh you know crowd numbers <laughs> right <laughs> like um i think you know england uh yeah this is the host nation um they've just had a new prime minister they've got a new head of state right in like what, almost 90 years. That's true. They've gone through a
0: lot of changes, yeah.
1: Gone through a lot of changes. And, you know, their number one sport, which is uh, football, well, it's like the season has started, (laughs) right? So, you know, so I think probably the timing of when this World Cup is taking place is probably something the organisers should have had a look at. Um, look, I just think that in the – I mean, look, I did have some points of what I felt needs to happen, and I think we kind of sort of already talked about them a little bit, but just, mm. you know, we need – the Northern Hemisphere nations, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, um, they need more players um, that have got NRL experience in their teams. So there needs to be pathways from those local competitions to the NRL. Um, and, and you yeah, know, you've got a lot of NRL coaches and potential coaches over there in it, You know, in these nations at the moment, and you know, if they could pick up, you know, a few players from these nations that then get NRL system experience um, and hopefully even NRL game experience, um, that could really uh, start to improve them. I think there needs to be some sort of, uh, you know, tournament between years, every like, you know, a a sort of around Robin style, uh, you know, I'll call it a Champions Trophy type. Uh, competition where you do like, you know, ten, eight or ten teams uh, and then they're in two groups, a bit like how the World Cup cricket works. Uh, I think it's called the Super 12. You know, make it like the Super 10 or something like that and then, you know, have, uh, you know, two groups of five um, playing four games against each other and then just having the semi-finals. right? If you play a tournament like that, you're going to get all the quality games that you want to see, you know, you'll get England, Australia, Australia, New Zealand, all that sort of stuff. Plus you're going to get all the Pacific nations playing against each other. Some of them, you're going to get a few nations like France and Scotland or whoever qualifies to be able to then, um, you know, play against, play a few tests against other nations to improve. And I think that's the type of thing they need to do in between world cups to try and get um, these nations more competitive. They just need more, they need more players in the NRL and they need, more, they need more test matches. So that's the real thing that hopefully International Rugby League can actually fix. Because I think once that it has occurred, I think you'll start to see uh, a much more exciting Rugby League World Cup. And the last thing is probably... Uh, sorry, just have to point this out, right? The nations that are improving are the nations that have war dancers, <laughs> right? Or have a real strong pride element of their heritage, like Lebanon, for example, right? You know, like Fiji, like uh, Tonga and Samoa. That's why, sort of, uh, you know, grandchildren like, like you know, you, grandchildren like their their heritage, their ancestry is from these nations, and they want to play because they have pride in their culture. So I think cultural diversity, and you know, the continuation of that. You know, it's strong in the Pacific Island culture and it's strong in sort of the Middle Eastern culture. I think it needs to sort of also have an enough... Eff- and it's probably strong in the Mediterranean culture as well, right? But is it as strong in the Northern Hemisphere cultures, which is maybe something that we need to help cultivate? So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Great points there. And no doubt I think we'll revisit this at the end of the tournament proper and we'll see whether... people are still saying it's a farce or, um, or it's a game changer I think which is what I'm expecting but look let's move on to the fourth tackle here we go All right. We have been focusing on the men's tournament, but there are two other tournaments that are happening concurrently. I uh, thought I'd quickly sort of talk talk you through where the, those are at and uh, we'll give our tips at the end of the show. The first uh, thing we're talking about now is the Rugby League World Cup, the Wheelchair World Cup. Um, it will be the fourth time that we're seeing this with the previous winners being – well, England, the inaugural winners – and then uh, France have won the last two in a row uh, against England in the uh, the final as a runner-up. Um, and so this time we're having the most number of teams that we've had, eight teams in this World Cup. We are seeing uh, England as the hosts and France as the holders of the World Cup have been given automatic entry. And other nations that were invited, I believe, uh They were were selected on the basis of uh, uh, their submission against a range of criteria, including current international and domestic infrastructure and plans for growth. The other six teams at this World Cup are going to be Australia, Norway, Scotland, Spain, United States and Wales, or were going to be that. Those are the teams that were selected. But Norway was replaced by Ireland due to uh, Norway not being able to prepare sufficiently for the tournament due to covid Uh, pandemic related issues so what we'll end up seeing is two groups the first group is Australia England Ireland and Spain and group B is France Scotland Wales and United States obviously France and England uh, the two kind of strongest teams are on in different groups so that's a good thing so hopefully if uh, the cards fall right we're going to see if they are the two best teams we're going to see them in the final that's the aim of it i think the way they structured it um yeah so there's there's a lot of interest uh, online about this and and some discussions around what are the rules etc uh it's an epic kind of game to watch i mean uh you know very difficult circumstances for players to uh, the way they play it's a brutal sport um mm. it's Really exciting, and as I said, France have been have won this two times in a row. Uh, I don't expect there to be any kind of uh, any surprises here in terms of what we're seeing, because I think it's... Uh, but yeah, France and England, I think, are the two teams to watch. Uh, Tish, uh, do you have any comments on the wheelchair Rugby League World Cup?
1: Yeah, well, look, I think it's going to be exciting. Look, I have seen footage of this world cup before and it is a brutal sport right i really um i really gotta uh you know i really gotta like uh you know uh take my hat off to some of these pl- uh, players that do play in the sport and um look i'm not too sure what their uh status is whether they're amateurs professionals i would imagine that uh, a lot of these players uh they would have to take you out they'll regular jobs outside of of this world cup um so making big sacrifices for the sport they love and i think it's a great thing for us to support and um you know hopefully look i don't know what the uh what the uh television rights for this world cup is going to be in australia but let's hope that you know some of these games can be seen by the general public and uh yeah i think uh, you know, I always want to go for Australia in these type of uh, tournaments, but um looks like they're the, un- they're the heavy underdogs, you know, to the might of the English and the French in this
0: World Cup. All right. Uh, let's move on to the women's tournament, tackle number five. All right. The Rugby League World Cup Women's Tournament is on. It is the sixth World Cup for women. The first three were won by New Zealand uh, and the last in the years... Let me have a look. 2000, 2003 and 2008. Since then, Australia have won the last two, 2013 and 2017. I think they are probably been considered as heavy favourites for this one as well. But mm-hmm. you never know. New Zealand have been... Were the adversaries in the past. Um, if we look at the structure, we have two groups. Uh, group A is made up of England, Papua New Guinea, Canada, and Brazil. And Group B is Australia, New Zealand, France, and Cook Islands. Uh, oddly enough, I think Australia and New Zealand will probably be the two to advance to the knockout stage from Group B. But that means that they could potentially still meet in the uh, final, uh, given the structure of the the quarterfinals, so Tish, I think it's like I think it's fair to say that Australia would be heavy favourites to win this one. Possibly England a little bit further behind, and possibly New Zealand. Um, but yeah, uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, the women's tournament?
1: Yeah, look, I think this is going to be great, and I think. Um The gap between Australia and New Zealand, uh, well, I don't think there is a gap too much. I think, you know, there's a lot of NRL talent there. So I think that should be uh, obviously great to see these two teams play and how they're going to go in the World Cup. So probably leaning towards Australia. um, And then, look, some of the other nations, obviously, like, you know, Canada is sort of well-ranking four. um, So sort of a different nation sort of in there, right, and uh, in this sort of tournament. Tournament was so that's going to be interesting to see how they will go up against you know some of these more established nations and even the Cook Islands have a higher ranking here than what they normally do, um, you know, in the men's game. So, um, you know, interesting to see how I suppose that second tier whether some of these nations can can pierce the top top nations um for the World Cup. So, um, yeah, super exciting and um, it, it should get out to it. And look, I, I think, um I know we didn't really sort of spend on this, but there is actually another World Cup that has already uh, finished, which is the, um, the PDRL, which is the uh, Physical Disability Rugby League World Cup. And uh, England have actually ta- uh, been crowned the first ever champions for that, um, beating the Kiwis 42-10 at Halliwell Jones Stadium in Warrington. So, uh, you know, uh, well done to the... Uh, to the English team taking out the World Cup for the PDR World Cup.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think, yeah, there's a lot of World Cups going on (laughs) Mm. with the three concurrent ones as well that we've just mentioned. Uh, Yeah, the, the Physical Disability World Cup. Well done to England for winning that inaugural one there. All right, our final tackle is the tips for the quarterfinals. Here we go. All right, so the remaining tips from uh, the group stages, uh, we both got 15 correct out of, uh, I don't know, I think it was out of 16. Um, and which means it takes my current total to 174 and yours to 174.5. Wow. So it's a still a tight one. Mm. Let's see how we go. I've thrown in a couple of other games that we're going to give tips for. Uh, so here we go this is it you got to make a choice Australia versus Lebanon with the winner to play New Zealand or Fiji. Australia Australia that's an easy no-brainer there England versus PNG with the winner to play Tonga Samoa yeah um, England England New Zealand versus Fiji uh well I, I should say i did I, did I ever mention mine? I'm tipping Australia. I'm tipping England. New Zealand, Fiji. I As much as I'd love to see Fiji win, I think New Zealand are on the up, and I think they will reclaim their spot in the semi final. New Zealand for mine. What about you? Yeah, look, it's so tight, so I'm going to have to go for my head. I'm going to tip New Zealand on this one. All right. Tonga, Samoa, the big one. Uh, I Look, I've, I'm denied about this because I think Tomo- uh, Samoa is the... Uh, as, as much as they are underdogs, I think they are a dangerous side. But I'm still leaning towards Tonga on this one. So Tonga for mine. Yeah, look,
1: I'm going to tip Samoa. I think they're, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the transformation is
0: on. Well, there you go. Well done. Um, all right. And then finally, two other ones, uh, you know, the wheelchair rugby league World Cup, as I mentioned, uh, France current champions. I'm tipping France to win this one yet again. What about you, Tish? I'm going to tip
1: England in the biggest rivalry in world history.
0: (laughs) Right. And the Women's World Cup. Now, we're not going to go through all the games, but I'm going to ask for your tip for the overall winner. Um, I think Australia are clear-cut favourites and deserve to win. So Australia is going to be my tip.
1: Yep. Look, I agree. Come on, Aussie. Come on.
0: <laughs> All right. Australia there to win. Well done. So those are the Gillaroos to win, is our prediction. Um, look, that's it. We are onwards to the quarterfinals of the men's game. Looking forward to it. Some big clashes. And next week, we will review those games and give our predictions for the semi finalists, uh, for the semi final, sorry, to decide who makes it into the World Cup final. Tish. Thank you for an epic one yet again. Uh, Over to you to wrap this one up. Well, thank you, Dr. T. I'd like to thank everybody for listening,
1: but that's all the time we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We are your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join, Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.